This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. Folks here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTKA.com. Sam Webb, Mr. Ira Weintraub on the other side and joining us as they do every single Thursday to talk Michigan football, basketball, hockey, you name it. The MGO Blog Roundtable crew. Uh, but today, yes, there was a game played. And if you guys will get your takes on what you saw coming off the bye. Uh, but the most pressing matter is the possible suspension. That could come down as soon as today from the Big Ten, a suspension potentially, potentially a Michigan head football coach Jim Harbaugh to discuss that. Good friend Brian Cook, man, started it all at MGO Blog. Brian, good morning. How are you? Uh, <laughs> I know. I know That's the feeling, man. <laughs> That's how you are. <laughs> That's how right. I am. That's how uh, I am. I hear you. Uh, also, Craig Ross. Craig, how are you this morning? I'm fine, but I'm getting stupider with every article I read, except for Brian's and maybe Dan Wetzel's re- recent article. Yeah, he's the lo- Dan Wetzel's the lone wolf in the forest, clearly on this. All right. And then, of course, Seth Fisher. Seth, how are you this morning? I'm pretty good, man. I uh, I spent a whole day completely separated from college football. We're talking college football. And, you know, when, when you get away from the idiots, it's a lot easier to kind of just breathe for a moment and realize that, like, you know, this thing is stupid and it's going to get we're going to get through it. Unfortunately, Michigan's repped all of this. So let's let's go. Let's go beat Penn State. It, it is stupid, but you got to they are I won't call them stupid people. Uh, but they're they're allowing their emotions to drive them stupidly, and I mean the opposing. Are, are you talking coaches, about Tony Petiti? He's oh, a yeah, stupid yeah, he's, person. Yeah. Oh, you think he's what? He, maybe he is. He's uh, a I stupid mean, I, person. He know because 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 he's got his the biggest thing he has is Michigan Ohio State, and he wants to turn this into something that the entire SEC can make fun of. That everyone he you get a small little flash, you get like you know all this interest all of a sudden. But you know what you're going to have afterwards? Michigan is not going to be on your side for anything. He's going to have to run a conference after this. And he just showed them that if you hate somebody, that like let's say Penn State, Harbaugh retires, Penn State gets the new coach, and they dominate the conference, and Tony Petit is in charge of it, and everyone wants to take down Penn State. And now he's shown all you have to do is just come up with whatever you want to whine about, and he'll take care of it. He is stupid. His his first opportunity to show people what he's about, that he's fair, that he knows how to run a conference. And what's the first thing that's happening? He's letting Michigan State tell him that players are going to get hurt on the field over (laughs) sign stealing. He repeats those actual words, and he's going to get his conference sued. That's the first thing he's done here. Stupid. Brian Cook. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think stupid. I, I would say stupid undersells it a bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah, stupid. Uh, he's painted him. He's backed himself into a corner at this. point. I mean, point he hasn't really Michigan. backed himself into a corner. I don't think. Like if he comes out today, yeah, and it says like, what? These guys were snowing me. Like well, t- yeah, they're, and that's going to happen. Well, no, but like that—that's leadership, right? Saying like I, I got, I got duped here. These guys were telling me that this is the worst scandal in college football history when they're doing the exact same thing. We're not going to have any punishments. We're petitioning the NCAA to use helmet radios as soon as we possibly can. We hope to get it in next weekend, and everybody can shut up about all this forever. That's leadership. 
And like, there's going to be some coaches who are mad at you, but all those coaches are going to be fired in the near future anyway, because they suck. Yeah, Brian, it's more likely the moon will explode tomorrow. I'm than just that's saying, like, happen. like, well, I mean, this is why you don't hire a TV guy. This guy's never tried to actually be a public leader in his life. Yeah. And he is, he's completely out of his depth. He went uh, to Harvard I, Law. I mean, like, what so are we talking not. about here? So like, no, I'm saying, like, when I see when I see someone went to Harvard Law, I'm like, this guy's probably an idiot. <laughs> like, well, I'll tell you, you, this. you misinterpret that. Like, <laughs> well, well, yeah. You know, what? if I if I somehow became president yeah. of the United States, I, I would I'm banning all Ivy League graduates from the U.S. government. <laughs> you know, half I, of them are just there because their daddies are rich. Like, you, I mean, the worst. I'm gonna say this, Brian. I, look, you I, you don't get to be where he is without having. Some a high IQ, but he has no common sense. I, well, I don't buy that. Zero common sense. I yeah, don't buy that because I don't understand how you can like just have Michigan's guys log off and then you get complained at, and then you find out later that they are lying to you. They are lying to your face. They think you are stupid, and they're trying to take advantage of that to take down the best team in the conference. Well, they, I mean, they know he I, knows jack squat about football. Well, yeah, but now he read it. He can read, right? I presume he can read. And if he can read and he reads the Wetzel article, if he reads the Auerbach article, if he if he reads everything that's going on with sign stealing nationwide, then he should be able to comprehend the fact that this gave Michigan basically no competitive advantage. It is so widespread that you would not be able to determine that Connor Stallions was doing something off board just because he had the other team's signals because the other teams also had Michigan signals. Like all it takes is a basic grasp of logic to put this in the trash bin and say, if you ever bring this up to me again, I am going to suspend you. But this guy doesn't really seem to have the cojones to, to uh, be the big 10 commissioner. And he's going to roll over and try to suspend Harbaugh. Well, no one is mad about an apology. And 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 I agree with you, Brian. And he could show leadership. He could come out and say, okay, Connor Stallions has been fired. I think that's appropriate. But otherwise, we're doing nothing until the NCAA is done. I jumped the gun. I was wrong. I apologize. Yeah, I'll change right. my Listen. mind. That ain't happening. No, uh, it's not. Yeah, he should I mean, not care. Look, he should not care if Michigan did this. Like if they did it, so freaking what? If they if it's a violation, so freaking what? You got two schools you got to care about. Two. The rest of them are just along for the ride. So they need to get in where they fit in. That to me is the common sense part of it. Now I'm not saying that that Michigan did it. That that they knew about it. It seems pretty clear that Connor Stallions was doing some things. It stands to reason that if he was so prolific before he arrived as a full time employee that. Why would you even look at that? But you can hit them and say they lack of oversight. I'm with that. But if you want to come and nail one of my core institutions, you had better find them, find out they've been paying players. They've been skirting all kinds of rules because I am not going to forsake what my cash cow for the likes of Rutgers or Indiana or Purdue. I don't give a damn. They, those schools could jump, jump by the wayside for us. All I can, all I care, it's about Michigan and Ohio State. And if you alienate one of those schools, you can, you'll wind up. You probably never thought USC would leave the Pac-12, right? You said something last week, Brian, that resonated with me. I didn't. I thought it was before. I was like, oh man, it's just emotion. But you had a great point, man. Start thinking about a future that involves you not in the Big Ten. That has to be not just a threat, but a strategy. Well, you are one hundred percent right on that. And we that, have been. They come down like this. That's how Michigan needs to be thinking. We have been sharing television revenue with Northwestern and Rutgers and Maryland and Iowa for years and years and years. Money is continually flowing out of Michigan's pockets into the pockets of the other schools in the Big Ten every year. So, at some point, there's going to be a TV negotiation, and they're going to try to put together a super league. Right. They're going to be like, wait, why do we have this dead weight? And Michigan prior to this was probably going to be like, no, I'm not interested in this because I have a ton of tradition. This is not what we want for our athletes. 
And now I think Michigan will be driving that train. They will be like, yes, Super League, you guys <laughs> are gone. Yep. Ohio State, you can come. USC, Oregon, Washington, you can come. Michigan State, sorry. Yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> That's Indiana, it's sorry. It's not going to work out. 100%. I, this is where I apologize to the people, man. I, I, you know, I just didn't think that it would be all the other coaches. And I was wrong. Like, I was like, you know, it's Ohio State, it's Michigan State. Nah, I mean, James Franklin, because he's, you know, he's ridiculous like that. The the usual suspects. I was like, there's no way that you got all the schools going hard in the paint on this. But no, it's all of them. I don't and think it you, is. I think there's a few holdouts. Like, I'd be I'd be surprised if Kirk Ferentz gave two shit, two dangs about this. Yeah. <laughs> now, he cares about it. his own player just got suspended for gambling. For like the rest of his career, they just get, they they just and they're, now they're going to change the rule on him. So he he's so he's pissed about the enforcement of rules right now. Anyway, not from the Big Ten, but the NCAA. I want to point out though, this is not the first time USC has left the pack because the Pacific Coast Conference used to exist out there. And what happened to the Pacific Coast Conference is exactly what's starting to happen here. There were schools that made a lot of money. They were mad that they were stuck with the schools that didn't make a lot of money. The schools that didn't make a lot of money were mad the schools that made a lot of money, including USC and UCLA, were spending it on players. They were, you know, cheating, right? And so they they got a guy, they convinced their brand new commissioner that he had to go after them that he has to go and get the cheaters. And USC said, if you go after us for this little stuff, we're leaving, and UCLA is coming with us, and that was going to be it. And Washington, who was on the side of the ones saying get the cheaters the whole time, Washington hated USC. As soon as they left the conference, they had to leave the conference too because they're not going to stick around with Idaho. And what happened? They reformed the conference, and they left the small schools out of it. And today, Montana and Idaho are not schools that are, are barely on the map. See, man, well, I guess I'm not, I'm not too uh, keen on trying to partner with any of it, unless you can find out who the schools are that that have your back. But the, these these mainstay institutions, the the original members of the Big Ten, I mean, for them to be stabbing Michigan in the back on this, like, man, stop! It. You got Notre Dame, who's down there, who in six seven years, you can form the 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 alliance that shapes the the biggest deal in sport. If you got Notre Dame. If you start politicking with USC right now, because USC comes in as a as a partial member of the Big Ten, they have no real loyalty. It's a money play for them. So why not start forming these alliances right now? So at the end of this deal, when they go to negotiate, talk about the Big Ten, like they have Michigan in the fold? No, you don't have Michigan because Michigan is going to be able to negotiate with their partners, forming a new Big Ten. That is the, the mindset if they go through with this, at least that should be the mindset, in my opinion. They are counting on the the mindset that we've seen here in the past. It's the tradition and loyalty and the Big Ten. It's one, no, these are partners, business partners. Yes. They're not colleagues. They're not friends. They're not brother. It's not a brotherhood. They are business partners. And your business partner is trying to screw you. So go find another business partner. I, I want to make a point about that, that – um. Michigan is – Michigan's not – like this, we're talking down the road. So what the Big Ten really wants is to get Harbaugh. That's who they're focused on, right? They saw this thing, and they're like, this is our opportunity to get rid of Harbaugh. They wouldn't mind playing Michigan every year if we just have one other coach. They loved playing Michigan every year when Ohio State got to win the one side of the conference and Wisconsin got to win the other side of the conference. That's the reality that they want to go back to. They're mad that Harbaugh is winning. They want to get rid of Harbaugh. And as far as all the stuff that they're coming down, you heard them even say, we don't want to hurt the kids. So that's their attack. Michigan had a choice to say, okay, we'll give them Harbaugh because that's what's going to feed these monsters, or we're going to stand behind him. By standing behind him, Michigan now puts the institution on the line. And the Big Ten, the way that they have to respond if Michigan does that is they have to punish the institution, and that's when we start talking about these things. So we're several steps away. But the thing is, Michigan decided they were going to stick behind Harbaugh, and the Big Ten is coming this hard. And all those coaches are coming this hard because they want to get rid of Harbaugh. They don't even think he's a cheater. They think he's a winner, and that's what they're afraid of. Yeah, the, the hate for him is strong. That is yeah. definitely driving this. I, you, got, you would think that Petiti would be able to see that. That is, this is driven strictly by, A, they're getting beat 
but they hate Jim Harbaugh you, to the point guy, where they can't logic and reason is flown out the window for these guys. And so a, a, a leader would be able to see that. I'll give you guys a quick story. I was talking to a coach from another school. I told this story on the air yesterday. Talking to a coach from another school who is just convinced that not only did Michigan have their signs, he was convinced that Michigan had their playbook. They they hacked us. They have our play. They had all our plays. I said, man, well, what makes you say that? Well, I made this move and I made that move, and they had the right counter. I was like, you sure? They didn't just kind of scout you in game and figure some things out. Well, no. How do you explain? This second half scoring margin, they, they're setting records. So, so, so let's play this out. Let's play this out for a second. So they not only have your signs, they have your playbook, and they wait till halftime to use those tools. That's what you're telling. You understand how ridiculous that sounds right now. But that's how these coaches are coming at Tony Petiti, and he cannot see that these people can't see past their hate, their hate for Jim Harbaugh. That is what the, this is just to stand in. For how what the real issue is, they're getting beaten, and they're getting beaten by a guy they hate, and this is an opportunity to wedge him out, and he's letting them do it, or at least he he's letting them try to do it, letting them use him. That's that's a good point. That's a good one. He might he might notice Michigan is lawyered up and is just going to throw down whatever they want him to because he knows it's going to get knocked down in court, and he can come back and be like, "I tried, guys." It's still. Very, very weak leadership, and that all it's going to do is demonstrate that you can do this again anytime that you want to. If, if Nebraska gets really good, everyone's just going to come off to Nebraska. Let's just say, find something. They're always cheating. Everyone's cheating in this sport because the rule book is a gazillion pages long, and no one knows how to understand it. Well, yeah. supposedly there's a Bruce Feldman article that's going to come out today. He's mentioned this, I think, on the Rich Eisen show, where there are other programs who have done this off-campus scouting and the NCAA has completely ignored it. They have been informed and they don't care. So if that comes out today and then the Big Ten suspends Jim Harbaugh, I just don't understand how that's any more tenable. Like people were talking earlier on this podcast about how Petiti can't back off now. It's like, yeah, he could because he keeps getting new information that proves that this is not the greatest scandal in the history of the Big Ten, which I mean, how stupid do you have to be to believe that? How, I mean, Dan Wetzel was incredulous about this on his podcast and I appreciate that because it's it really kind of puts that into relief. How unbelievably stupid do you have to be to believe a tenth of that? Like, the guy got in the room with 13 people yelling at him and he showed him his belly. It's like, bro, this you are not cut out for this. This is not your job. Yeah, um, I I I saw that Feldman uh, said this, uh, and the reason why probably the NCAA did nothing was that they don't believe this provides any real advantage, and a lot of this is being driven. In fact, they said so explicitly two years ago, and and I believe a lot of this is being driven by the notion of, quote, sign stealing uh, and the fact that the general population thinks that's somehow a major violation. And this is not about sign stealing at all. It's about advanced scouting. And if you and that's because that's the only thing that Stallions did that was against the rules. And, you know, from my point of view, I think Brian's right that Petiti could come in and show leadership by saying, I was buffaloed here. I was stampeded. I made a mistake. We'll wait and see what the NCAA does. Because after all, as Brian points out, yesterday, Rule 32.22C says the the Big Ten does nothing until the NCAA has finished their their, uh, investigation. When there's an an NCAA investigation, the Big Ten is not supposed to do anything. Now, there is still... A possibility that I, sorry, there's a lot of lawyers in my email right now, if you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but the big, the commissioner is still allowed to suspend for two games for pretty much anything. And I, my guess was, my thought that's what he was going to do. I thought he would take all these idiots, and then when he was done, they were going to come to Michigan and be like, "Okay, you got to sit out a couple games." The idea that he would go beyond that when the bylaws are so ridiculous. 
it that it, it just demonstrates how this guy just cannot lead. And you know, we they hired an idiot. That was Michigan's mistake too. We hired an idiot. But if you will go look at the law that they're actually in, tr- in trouble for breaking, it's the 1994 rule that of in-person scouting, right? Which they got rid of because they they put it in there because of it, financial reasons. That it's not fair that Michigan, with all their money, can send people to scout teams in person. That's why that rule exists. So they're telling they're saying that Connor Stallions, who was operating this operation out of by his parents, bought him a house and he was renting it out as Airbnb is where he got the money. That that. That is is too much of an advantage. That's the actual argument that they're making. That there's why Michigan is in trouble is because Connor Stallions, whatever he was paying these people to get their film, was too much of a financial advantage. That's the rule we're talking about. Well, you're arguing, uh, not you, but yeah. the people who are like this is a scandal now are pretty much reduced to arguing. It's like, well, Michigan broke the rules, mm-hmm. and. I don't know how you draw a distinction between having a guy in the stands with an iPhone and getting signals from someone who was in person on the sidelines at a previous Michigan game. That's the exact same thing. That is exactly the same. That's a little worse. Yeah. You have all the coaching staff as opposed to one you know, analyst out doing it on his own versus an entire coaching staff. Plus it's worse because you have at least two schools colluding against Michigan for the benefit of another school. Talk about bad sportsmanship. And And I mean, yes, but it happens all the time, guys. Bruce Feldman article dropped and it's about the wakey leaks. And it was a coach came to Clawson years later and said, I reported this to the NCAA and they didn't do anything with it. But the guy talked about how they had his practice footage, he, they had his playbook, and they shared that. So that's what the story is going to be about, or is about. Okay. Well, so that's 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 an excellent point, right? Like, the Wakey League scandal was a giant violation of this in-person scouting rule. It's, it's, it's way worse than anything else that has happened, anything that's happened in the Big Ten, and the NCAA declined to do anything. Now, you do have Connor Stallions breaking NCAA rules intentionally, and that reflects on Connor Stallions. And then you have to look at what the rest of the program is doing. And if it provides Michigan a, a serious competitive advantage, it obviously does not. And if it was reasonable that anyone would be able to know about this based on what Connor Stallions was giving them with the science handling stuff. And the answer to that is also no, because people across the league apparently have decoded everyone's signals. So I'm all for, Michigan facing the music here, but it has to be proportionate to the benefit gained. The benefit gained was approximately nil. Now you have to respect NCAA rules in general, and this combined with the Burger Gate stuff is not doesn't reflect well. And so there should be something that comes down, but the NCAA is moving away from vacating games and punishing kids. And and so what are we talking about here? We're talking about a fine. We're talking about a show cause for Connor Stallions and possibly some sort of suspension for Jim Harbaugh, but we have to actually go through the investigative process to know exactly what Harbaugh is responsible for. If there's a a culture of compliance within the athletic department, et cetera, et cetera. And for the big 10 to step in and be like, "Uh uh-uh is unprecedented. And I want to point out that Alan Haller is lying when he says that it's hypocritical for the Big Ten to not step in here when they stepped in <laughs> last year after the tunnel incident. Oh, you mean Michigan, when they had video evidence right there for everyone to see? Well, Michigan State suspended those players, and the Big Ten took a full month to investigate and figure out what they wanted to do, and they came back with a fine and another eight-game suspension for Kerry Crump. Yeah. A month. They did an investigation. They followed their bylaws. And for Alan Haller to, to first put the crocodile tears on about player safety, give me a break. And then to flat out lie about what happened last year. I mean, it doesn't surprise me coming from that th- athletic department, but I mean, they are the most shameless athletic department in America. I mean, that's Alan, why they want Alan Haller kept Meyer. Mel Tucker for a year after they knew that he committed <laughs> right i mean talk about a lack of leadership right but we'll talk these... about an investigation let's let all the facts play out before we make a decision 
that's a good point. Yeah. And you got these guys screaming to the commissioner that if they don't suspend Jim Harbaugh, and also like yeah. if they really believe what they're saying about the, how this is the greatest scandal in the, universe, the history of the Big Ten, then the University of Michigan cannot be allowed to compete, right? Mm-hmm. Like suspending Harbaugh, I mean, how much is that worth in Vegas? A couple points? That's if you believe that this 21 point advantage that Connor Stallions has provided him, even after he's no longer working for the university, is real, why do you want to suspend Jim Harbaugh? Why is that what you're going after? And I, so I think it's just personal. It's personal with Jim Harbaugh and the other Big Ten coaches, and the university is right to stand behind him. I certainly hope that they get their restraining order and. I would like to see everyone pound sand. Yeah. Uh, there's a side, a little side story I just thought of. I don't know how salient it is, but a, when Rich Rod came to Michigan, his playbook, the West Virginia playbook was on the internet. Someone posted his entire playbook. So I saw it, I copied it and I think I still have it. And, uh, and so I went to Calvin McGee, who was the offensive coordinator. And I said, Hey, did you know your whole, playbook is like out there on the internet he goes yeah i don't care it doesn't matter i said what do you mean he he said to me look everybody knows what we do it's no secret anymore if we got guys who can execute it won't matter and if we don't it won't matter playbook don't mean a damn thing so in any event that was out there i have a copy i suspect ohio state and everybody else had a copy too go I back got it sitting in my stack right over here you want to see someone in the right play call go back and watch every one of michigan's touchdowns in 2022 against ohio state the only one where ohio state didn't react to the play call like the michigan actually called was the was the one right by the goal line when they just ran in with McCarthy? All the other ones, you know, there was one. Pl- the what was it? The was it the eighty five or the seventy five? Where like they're running a scrape exchange. They have one guy for the quarterback and one guy for the running back. And if both those players do what they're supposed to do, Michigan is stuffed in the backfield on third and three. And that's the that's the eighty five yard touchdown. But what happens? One of the guys holds up a little bit because he's a little afraid of JJ McCarthy. And then Michigan gets a block. And there's no safety because they used the safety because they knew what the play was coming. And Michigan scores an 85-yard touchdown. And if you go back and look at all the rest of those plays that Michigan scored on, Ohio State is actually covering the first read or or, or has a blitz on or is not paying any attention to two guys who are uh, running play action. That kind of stuff does not matter that much in football. This is what all the people in football have been saying. As soon as this came out, anyone who knew ball was laughing. Because they're like sign stealing. Everyone steals signs. Yeah. Well, I just, this isn't about sign stealing. Just put radios in the helmets next weekend and never talk about this again. Yeah. That, like, I mean, and I think the Big Kent doesn't need the NCAA to do that. They can they put probably, it the- They probably do. But if they ask the NCAA, the NCAA is going to say, sure. Sure. Right. I mean, they can do it in Big Ten games. They just say, well, this is what we're doing. If we have you have a problem, tell us. Well, if it's a player safety issue, I mean, what are yeah. we waiting on, right? Right. You should be using yeah. technology immediately, right? If it's a player that, safety issue. Right. I mean, they don't have to ask the NCAA about concussion protocol. It's, I mean, if the Big Ten goes in and, uh, you know, can can say this is what we want you to do. So why, if, if it's a player safety issue, why can't they just put, hey, put them in? If, if Radio Shack was still in existence, it cost you 10 bucks a team, I, you know, yeah. and... I mean, so the whole thing is, you know, an yeah, absurdity no, top to bottom. Even Rutgers can't afford that technology. Even, we'll so, pay for let, it. Rutgers right. can't afford it. Michigan will pay for it. Right. It's ridiculous <laughs> that we are here. Uh, but I like I like the change in posture from the University of Michigan. I talked about it in the last hour. Uh, one of the one of the worst days for me and my love of Michigan was when they fell on the sword uh, for the Ed Martin deal. It's like that's just. I thought I've always thought that was ridiculous. I will continue to think it was ridiculous because if if that was a violation for Michigan, and I'm not saying it's not, but then it's a violation for everyone because he sent players everywhere. And so that should have been the posture that they took to mitigate punishment, not to avoid punishment, but to mitigate punishment. You know, T. Cleaves so was in now, the car. Mateen Cleaves, who won a national championship for Michigan State, was in the car, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You saw, you're making too much sense. So this Michigan, though, has learned. 
has learned from the mistakes of the past. You do not concede, especially when you have a good case, and especially when you can look around and see what everyone else is doing. No, we are not going to suspend our coach indefinitely. It's like he actually thought they were going to say, okay, yeah, well, it's such great shame. Like, you really thought they were going to say okay to that. If you You're are insane. only paying attention to Buckeyes right now, if you, oh, if you like, just – Got rid of everybody else's thoughts and just listen to Buckeyes, including Buckeyes that we used to, that I used to have a lot more respect oh for. God. Like they are, that's that's where this like bubble of information is coming from, and that's what I'm afraid of. That like the people he's listening to are the people who talk like that. There is absolutely no rationality. There is no attempt to understand football or understand what this is about. And even when it comes back that they're doing the same exact thing, they just very quickly go, oh, well, that's not against the rules and what you did was. And still go back to saying this is the biggest scandal of all time. This is not a rational group of people. And when you talk, you see what Petiti is doing, it looks like he is talking to these rational idiots because that's what he is. We need to slide in a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Maybe we'll get a little football in, talk about Michigan, Penn State, a little bit of Michigan, Purdue re recap, but got a preview this game coming up, so we'll get into that a little on the other side here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA, the ticket. Clear on the radio. So, do you, Sam, do you think uh, the Big Ten will come down with anything today at all? So or will that, they wait that, till tomorrow when the courts are closed? Yeah, well, the courts aren't closed for the purposes of right, a TRO. I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. You're a lawyer. So that was that was expressed to me yesterday. They aren't concerned about uh, it coming down tomorrow. It'd be some BS if it came down tomorrow because it puts them even more under the gun. Well, but I think it helps it, their case, doesn't it? It would show that they're petty. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're 100 percent right. That would help their case in the in the long run. It helped their case for. An injunction too, like look, they're they the timing of this is purposeful, right? Hey, Brian, now's your chance to talk about Kirk Ferentz if you want to get back to that. Now's a great yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> they would this yesterday. And the folks I talked to said they they think something's coming down today. So well, Samuel just tweeted that the Big Ten is reviewing the lengthy written responses from both Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. There's no timetable, which is like that. That's your source told you what? <laughs> like they're looking at the documents? Like that's not news. That doesn't take yeah a few minutes. <laughs> it is, so, wait, so wait, no, it the, is news old, right now that Buckeyes can read. Here's the here's the. I mean, you hope that he got intimidated by you know state government coming after, letting him know that hey, it's not going to just be Michigan and Jim Harbaugh that sue you. You know, maybe maybe that uh, will is getting him to think twice. But that's just eleven guys though. It's mm -hmm. not like. Not yeah. like needle. I don't think that really helped. Yeah, I, one of I them was, was the like, founder nah. of Off Tackle Empire, by the way. Yeah, which is like, oh, I didn't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised he became a politician. I'll say that. It's like when Ace started a website with Buckeye fans that I had already all blocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. We we'll see if they if they decided to wait though that wait past this week that would almost be worse because then now you're you're putting in play if they're talking about a two-game suspension which is what they what it sounds like they're they they're talking about now because i was so early in the week has been some progress you know as these talks go on behind the scenes but they're still talking two games and if you skip past penn state then obviously i mean but it seemed I've, like sam that michigan wasn't going to accept two games they're not. They're not. I mean, and, not. and See, but I, if you come in, here's the here's the thing. Yeah, I think the expectation was that he was going to come to town with this talking about two game suspension under the sportsmanship policy, and Michigan was going to explain to him why this is unwarranted. You're at least having a conversation at that point. But he came in talking about indefinite suspension. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you you basically you're saying you want us to fire Jim Harbaugh over this. Because pending the result of an invest the investigation, they take three years. How can we how, how can we have a, a head coach suspended indefinitely? That doesn't even make any sense. Like that's not a good faith argument. You aren't really trying to get something done here. So I, I just I, I think they got to the point where they said, "Listen, now we know we're going to have to sue." Uh, you know, there's and especially now that we got more information coming our way 
about the the seriousness of this violation and just basically how how rogue this guy really was. I don't I mean, he was he just wasn't this was not a bad thing. It just you got to it in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Getting stallions out. It's Back just, in about 30 seconds, guys. <clears throat> just happened in a bad way. So they they had a a, a cyst they need to excise here. And they were able to they had to do it uh, unfortunately in a very public way. But this was not a a a league that was driven by the, the seriousness of that offense. This is the league that was driven by getting beat down by a coach in very embarrassing fashion and a dislike that they've already Jim Harbaugh's never been a part of the club. He just is too green to know that, to know what this is all about. Unfortunately, guys. And back on radio in five, four, three. And we're back, and we're back here, back here on, the- on the blog round table on the Michigan Insider. So, guys, one one last note. Uh, talk about the the lack of common sense for Tony Petiti. Hearing everything that he heard, seeing all the evidence that he's he's seen and is seeing, you would think it would make him realize that if he went through with it, forget the the fairness or lack thereof, the 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 impact of this move is nothing but appeasement because Michigan will get an injunction. So then what is it all for? If if the people who want a pound of flesh don't actually get it, then what was this all for? Why, how he can't see that argument is beyond me. Now that's what I would expect a, a non-football guy to just to have some common sense still be able to figure out because I just don't think Jim Harbaugh uh, will miss any time. Even if they came down tomorrow, I think they get an injunction in time for him to coach. You, 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 like I've said, I've heard differing opinions on this about how likely Michigan is to actually get the injunction. Well, I mean, what do you got to show? You have to show uh, irreparable harm if you don't get the injunction and immediate harm. They they win there. Uh, You have to show there's no adequate remedy at law. They win there. Uh, which means money damages isn't a substitute. And they have to show that there is a, a likelihood of success uh, to, to get a, uh, in order to get a temporary restraining order. Uh, now, the likelihood of success is judged on a preponderance of the evidence standard, which means more likely than not. Um, I think given the fact that it seems to me the Big Ten isn't really even following their own rules, at least in the broad picture, that it's at least more likely than not that they would get, uh, they they could reach that standard. Uh, so, and there are other things that can be thrown in the stew, other behaviors by the, by Big Ten coaches and staffs uh, that help. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, more likely than not that Michigan would get a, would get and, a TRO. And, and they have a dream team of lawyers. This <laughs> yeah. They, they have better firm. lawyers than me. That's for I, sure. I, I can't imagine the, the team that hired, I, I, I understand what Brian's saying. And I think that I, 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 there is a concern. I just don't trust the people who hired Tony Petiti to have a, to, to, to be able to put this together in a way that's going to stand up. And in fact, they were ready to hand it down before they even realized that Michigan was going to take a legal route. And then they stopped and they pulled back and they waited and they had to put together a new document <laughs> because the first one that they had was not going to hold up. So they already are on the are on multiple drafts of this because they didn't even realize they were going to court. I mean, even if Michigan just had Tom Mars, who has just wiped <laughs> the floor with the NCAA, Ah, uh, this is like small potatoes to him. So he's gonna be Jim Harbaugh's piece of this. Then you got this Williams and Connolly law firm out of DC. I, I just, I, I think you're, you're talking about a group in the Big Ten that's overmatched. But, but real quick, let's get some actual football talk in. Uh, real quick, your quick thoughts on Michigan coming off the bye against Purdue. Your takeaways from that game, Brian? Uh, you know, a little bit sloppier than they've they've been in the past, which I think is inevitable. You're gonna have some games where you're just a little bit off. J.J. McCarthy had some misses, had some throws that could have been caught, but his receivers didn't quite help him out. You know, I'm not too bothered about the run game just because, you know, they're plus one in the box, and Michigan doesn't really throw a whole lot of constraints at a team that's really overplaying Michigan's interior run. They don't run J.J. You know, as soon as they do go to a constraint, it's a 44-yard touchdown for Morgan or the end around. Like, 
to me, the most interesting thing offensively was that was the first game where Michigan was very pass forward, which I think was probably a choice. They knew they were going to beat this team. They knew that there are bigger tests coming up and they, they wanted to see what it felt like when JJ McCarthy's throwing 37 times in a game. Mm -hmm. And for the most part came out pretty well, you know, Michigan fans are terribly spoiled right now because it's like, well, why didn't he complete eighty percent of his passes? Because <laughs> you look at the, you look at what he did. It is like, okay, he completed yeah. two thirds of his passes for nine point one yards an attempt, and everybody's like, I'm a little worried about this. <laughs> so, but you know, it, it is a, it is a thing where he can play better, and he has played better, and I think he will play better. Yeah, so, uh, Craig. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, Purdue, as Brian said, was plus one in the box. They put a nose tackle in, and they put two tackles so the inside. So they're playing three tackles in the middle. makes it difficult um, to, to run the ball on the interior. I wonder if why, if this is why, among other reasons, uh, Michigan flirted with outside zone early in the year mm-hmm. uh, and that that was a flop. Um, but they, one way of I think beating that is using JJ as a as a threat. Uh, they don't. They're not using JJ as a threat at this moment. They will this weekend if they need to, or they probably the answer to that is they will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see Penn State either coming down with with this sort of a defense. However, I do think they'll play a lot of man, and and Purdue did play some zone more than they had all year, I believe, but they, they did play a lot of man and they got killed on it. Yeah, it is remarkable. They had four zone snaps against Ohio state as Alex charted. And it just kind of felt like they were laying down for them mm-hmm. and maybe they're just really mad at Michigan. So they saved all this stuff for, for a game that they were just not going to win anyway, mm-hmm. Seth. Yeah, uh, defensively, it was uh, you know it was another pounding. The only reason Purdue scored at all was you know they had the last play, and then they had their um, they had a we had a turnover on special teams, and then a turnover on downs. The uh, the other one was Waller just kind of losing his <laughs> just his controller unplugged, as Brian said. It was interesting that Michigan kept on trying lots of different personnel on the outside uh, on the at cornerback. So they had very early in the game. They have Walker in. They have Waller in. They have Samer still in the beginning of the second half. Uh, so they could try McBurrows and Nickel. So they are definitely trying to figure out who they have at cornerback right now. And then later in the when I, I was worried about like you know getting zone runs on us. Michigan was playing minus one in the box uh, by that point. As soon as they got up by twenty, they're like, okay, let's go back to repping Ohio State. And this was a good chance to do that because this is one of the only teams that was actually willing to try to throw the ball, but <laughs> Purdue's tackles are so bad. Their offensive tackles are just so bad. So they at one point, Purdue puts their center out at right tackle, and they move their right tackle to left tackle. That doesn't work. They have to go back. Um, but it was an interesting look at the uh, – our interior guys got moved a little bit. Uh, Kenneth Grant is um, gonna, came in for a little bit lower score than uh, the normal. Um Mason Graham still looked like Mason Graham. Jenkins still looked like Jenkins. So I think now we've actually seen a decent interior offensive line play Michigan, and Penn State's probably not going to be the same test. But, you know, I think Ohio State's got a decent interior line, and we'll uh, we, now we know what we've got for those guys. So going forward, this game, Penn State expecting to see much tighter rotation, and then I think this team can, can handle the Penn State pretty well. Yeah, I, I expect to see a full-run menu. You and Brian uh, nailed it. I mean, look, they took J.J. off the board. <laughs> and they you, you know that by the fact that they only ran one duo in the entire game, and it's their mar- marquee run play. And Well, they, the way the way Purdue plays, you can't really run duo, right? Because they've if you got... Put a re- if you put a read on it, you can. Well, yeah, I guess. You can't. And they, and they decided not to. Hey, we are not going to run J.J., and so if you're not going to run JJ, then you're right. You aren't running duo against against this team. They've just they closed down all the, the inside gaps. They're bringing guys off the edge. So when the running back bends it off the mic, it's just not going anywhere. So how do you counter that? JJ McCarthy. And that's what you're going to see. Now, it's a different defense. But the point is, look, Michigan's perimeter run game, their best perimeter run threat is JJ McCarthy. That's going to be on the table against against Penn State. 
Uh, they got a lot more to account for. Now, will they try to account for J.J. in the way? This is the first time, like, we've seen spies. Purdue would double spy them. Like, they were, they were just extremely concerned about J.J. getting out of the pocket. And I wonder if we're going to see other teams kind of get to the point. This, let's see if making him a pocket passer is the answer. If you watch that Purdue game, you're probably thinking that's, that's foolhardy because he was outstanding yardage wise uh in the pocket and i just I, I think that people are are underselling his ability to just drop back and pick you apart and he only had four play passes in the hole it wasn't how many times he throw like 37 yeah they got oh, yeah. moving a little bit pass. though when like but when he tried because it's like he likes to get out of the pocket and start rolling around and there was a couple times here where he like takes that step and there's a guy he can't get out of there and he just kind of moves his feet around and then throws an inaccurate ball and that might that might there might be a little something to that. I don't uh, think so. I think I he mean, was coming off the bye. That was yeah. it. That no. was it. We'll see. You know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I thought defensively, you talk about the second quarter, I thought Josh Wallace had played his best football before, um, you know, before obviously not being out there in the second half. So I'm encouraged. Uh, well, I, I appreciate the fact that Purdue actually tried to play offense. Because mm-hmm. I, I haven't managed to have an opinion on the secondary all year because it's just dinking and dunking around the line of scrimmage and just trying to throw fades, and it's just junk. And Purdue was very unsuccessful at running offense, but they tried. And so we got a really good game from Will Johnson that kind of announces that he's all the way back. Mm-hmm. We got flashes from Rod Moore. Like Those were kind of the two big question marks because you know they missed big chunks of the early part of the season, and then they look a little rusty against – Nebraska and other teams and it's like all right well we need these guys for the stretch run and it, I think that they're they're fully actualized and back to their 2022 stuff. Can we briefly touch on the basketball team? Yeah. Oh, yes, just, real, real, just real quick. How good do you guys really think Penn State is? I mean, I think Penn State is Iowa with a finished basement as someone on the internet said. Uh, you you think <laughs> you see can Michigan go in there and blow this team out? Yes. How are they going to score points? How are they yeah. going to score points? Yeah, Penn well, State's not gonna like, move, that can't move the ball. Their their defense is legit. I've been talking up their defense all year. Yeah, but you know whose so, defense? I already wasn't gave legit. you my paranoia off the air, so I'm not saying <laughs> yeah, anything. That's, that's we're a better team. Hey, I was trying to Doug segue to, to basketball yeah. there. Listen, if Doug McDaniel <laughs> is like that. I, the the prognostications about Mich- I, they're they're off anyway. Yeah, but yeah. they're so far off if he can play like that. Well, that's a different you- dude. The way I think about it is, so we got some one-and-dones the last couple of years. Those one-and-dones were not good basketball players. Like, Jet was Michigan was worse by seven points per 100 possession with Jet Howard on the floor than off the floor. They were getting the wrong one-and-dones. The one-and-dones you need to get are fifth-year seniors who played on top five defensive efficiency teams. And that's Kamwa, and that's Namari Burnett. And Burnett's not a senior, but he's been around the block. And these guys are going to be much, much better than the freshmen that Michigan has lost to the NBA draft. And they're going to be much better defensively. Kamwa's super versatile. Like Terrace is going to be able to do things that he wasn't able to do last year because the whole team was built around drop coverage. Um, and I think Michigan's going to surprise. The only thing that kind of worries me is they are completely dependent on Doug. Yes, they are. Like when he had some brief moments where he was on the bench and Namari Burnett was trying to run the show as a point guard. That looked very awkward. And so they really need to just kind of hold the fort until they can get Llewellyn back. And Llewellyn needs to be a good 10, 15 minute a game backup guard because yeah, I mean, they really miss Caleb love, right? That would be kind of a big deal for the team. I still think, that this team is going to be the biggest Ewing theory team of the last decade in the Big Ten. Because What's a Ewing theory? Ewing theory is a Bill Simmons theory that uh, whenever Patrick Ewing was not playing for the Knicks, they were a lot better. Oh. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect that, but sometimes that's the case. And when you take away two very bad defensive players who were the offensive engines of last year's team, everybody looks at that team and they're like, well, they can't score. They don't look at the fact that the defensive upgrade from Jet Howard to Namari Burnett and from Kamwa and Terrace Reed to Dickinson is 
giant. So I'm I'm looking forward to the season, and I think they'll they'll be they're not going to contend for the Big Ten, but I think that they'll be significantly improved, and they won't be on the bubble by the time the tournament rolls around, yeah. as long as Doug McDaniel stays healthy. I want to talk about this a lot. I've seen I've seen a practice. I saw the op, uh, open scrimmage, saw the exhibition game, saw them last night. Um, and talk to people about what happened at Marquette. Incidentally, they beat Marquette in a 48-minute game. Marquette's number 11 and Pen, Ken Palm number five on, on the human polls. And uh, the word Brian used is the same one that Martelli's been using, which is versatile. And and I was happy to hear Brian say that uh, notice and say that they've gotten rid of drop coverage, not one single possession of drop coverage, which I despise. And uh, because they had to do it with Hunter and they're actually hedging and recovering, which is actual basketball and it, and, and it's working and for them so far, I, I'm, I wanted to get in real uh, quick. This, this yeah, team is scoring, man. And then I don't think I, we didn't think this team was gonna be able to score. They're running the floor. They're they're making their baskets. Some of the guys like Damari Burnett. We didn't know if he could shoot. It looks like he can. They're scoring. Yep. All right, that's gonna do it for us, folks. We'll see you again tomorrow here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK. The ticket, the official voice of the University of Michigan Sports Ann Arbor Accumulus Station. You guys.